It's starting to feel like Van Halen all of a sudden. <laughs> you didn't get that, did you? I did. <laughs> On that note, this is Joe Bassa with Music Radar, the place for music makers, and I'm sitting here with three quarters of Chicken Foot, Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, and Joe Satriani. How you guys? We are missing. We are missing one talent, Chad Smith. Chad Smith, so is one talent. Not with us right now, but he's with us in spirit. Yes. How dare he miss this interview? His wife's having a baby. What kind of excuses? I know. You know what? What kind of excuses? A true, a true band member would yeah. be here under any circumstances. Shame on him. Um, <laughs> it's like I said before. It's not very good timing of a drummer. <laughs> oh boy! Got, does, that, does that have more than oh, one meaning there? Joe had a little stab yes. already. Oof. Uh, okay. Chicken foot. Now, last I talked to you guys, I was told that was a working By name. By probably each of the four of us. Yes. <laughs> that was a working name. But it seems the name has stuck. Is it... Joe? Mike? You guys couldn't... It just seems like it's just gone so far in, 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 uh, over the internet and, and uh, whatever. It's just gotten out so big that, you know, it's... <laughs> I had one guy say to me, I'm saying, yeah, you know, no, what, you know, what's your name? You eventually, you know, something like, you know, the nine. We were going to call it the nine there for a while. We, were, you know, Joe and I were really kind of hot on that for a while. And then some guy goes, oh, like, oh, it was, I, it was not exactly, but a guy who said something like, oh, you mean chicken foot? Oh yeah. So like, no matter what we called it, it would be like, hey, have you heard the new so and so record? No, who's that? Uh, you know, chicken foot. Oh yeah, chicken foot. Yeah, I've heard that. That's great. You know, so we were kind of stuck with it. And it, you know, the more you th we see it in print and stuff, as people start coming up with uh, work, I'm starting to yeah, it's, it's like at it, first. Man, you know? At first, people would say, "Wait, Chicken Foot? You can't be kidding! What kind of name? That's what a silly ass name!" Blah blah blah. And then you kind of go, "Well, it's it's a working name." So you kind of like you're on the defensive. But lately now, you know, people ask me, I go, "Chicken Foot," and you look at them and they go. Well, all right. Yeah, I've had a you couple know? young people say, you know, uh, yeah. wow, that's a cool name, you know. Well, yeah, I guess it is. Hey, it's really about the music. And Joe, you were very definitive with me, however. You said it will not be called Chicken Foot. <laughs> I guarantee it. That's right. And, uh, and, and that was you our, lost that bet, huh? That was our sort of our, our public statement there for a while. I think as, <laughs> because we were kind of feeling it out, but I think secretly... Everyone was thinking like, well, "What's wrong with that name? It's pretty cool. Name. It's got the mojo and the voodoo and the yeah. and uh, and and then, but the I think the odd thing is is that we became chicken foot, whatever that means. I mean, that's that's you know part of what happened in the, in you know Chad reminded us the other day. It's been a year oh, since yeah. we got together wow. and jammed, and there were tours. Everyone was off working, and we would get together. I mean, we've played not very much together, mm. but we somehow wrote and recorded a record and we became chicken foot in the process so right <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really true it's we, we kind of became it it's like okay yeah. i guess that's who we are but the music is swampy the music is funky the music is hard rock it's all these it's down and dirty it's it's you know it's tripped out i mean it's like it's as stripped out as a fucking chicken foot <laughs> you, know? you ever look at one of them things <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys have been referred to as a quote-unquote super group because you all come from big bands and big solo careers and all that. Do you feel like there's too much expectation put on the band? That's I funny. I, I, haven't, I haven't even really thought about it like exactly. that. You know, you hear a person here or there saying mentioning super group, but I know within us four, I know I don't think of it like that. I just think of it like you know we're having a great time. You know. 
just yeah when you're hanging around with joe and chad mike every day there's nobody (laughs) pretending to be anything so it's not like you know somebody's trying to bring that arrogance or that you know all that luggage with them into this project the cool thing about being grown up have been through all these big bands if you want to call it that super groups uh the cool thing about coming through it is that see we've kind of all been through all the all the jive in the early days you know and even in the in the van halen when i joined van halen the reason we lasted 11 years you know like most bands don't last the reason we last 11 years because we were pretty grown up you know it's like okay you know no nobody's heads in the wrong places so yeah, we're what about all, the music this band is yeah, really about all, the we're music. all pretty you know established i mean we're our own individuals, just like Sam said, it's not like we're 20 years old where everybody's like, hey, you know, we're trying to be this, we're trying to be that, Yeah, we know exactly what we are and what we're doing. And we're trying to make, make a great, you know, great but songs. If, but if great people play. want to perceive us as a super group, well, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I don't know about Joe, but I'm tired of being the boss. <laughs> you know, it's a great thing to get kind of in out from under that and rely on, on your bandmates to make decisions and stuff. Otherwise when you're solars, man, it, it's that's a lot more work than everybody thinks. Well before you guys got together and jammed and then decided, okay, this is something, this could be a band, did you guys have any discussions about what this band should avoid having been in band situations before like let's let's not have what we had in this band let's avoid this that kind of thing mm-hmm. i don't think there was any from from that to the recording i don't think there was any kind of discussion as far as you know how we should act or how we should play or anything everyone just kind of we had no time there was we, no, yeah. no <laughs> the one thing that's kind of we funny, were though, avoiding our, our other schedules <laughs> yeah. so the one thing that, that that is that is really interesting though is because between us four we have had interaction and played together in different, you know, like Chad comes down to Cabo and, and jams with Sam. Uh, some years back, Sammy and I were had a thing going with uh, Neil Sean and Dean Castronovo that we were going to possibly right. do, and Joe came and jammed and was going to possibly be part of that. And so it was kind of it was kind of weird because all four of us were kind of like had played together with each other. You know, then That's I came down like yeah, it was strange. And it didn't feel strange ever feel real yeah. comfortable from the beginning yeah. but we didn't talk about let's be like this or let's yeah. not be like that we definitely didn't do that man you know joe Pr- came in with this music you know that he just said here i got this guitar riff thing idea and it starts playing and chad chimes in and mike chimes in and i just start scatting and boy that it just dictated i mean that's the way we did it song by song we did it just like that but uh, what i what i guess i'm getting at is personality wise um having been through different bands did you guys kind of like really suss out each other? Like, okay, well, let, let me make sure this guy's not crazy, like so and so. Let me make Chad? sure. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think collectively we spent enough time all four of us together to really get into that. You out. never know. Once maybe we go yeah. on tour, you know, you know, maybe you know, Joe and Sam will go chingasos one night, or <laughs> who knows what. No, it, it won't happen. But Joe won't hang around me on tour. I guarantee. You. I'm way too crazy for Joe. <laughs> Joe's the guy that keeps us all saying. Oh man, better not do that. Like Joe, he ain't gonna go for no stuff like this, right? Like bringing in <laughs> Joe, might turn out, you know, like bringing in like the the naked pigs and stuff. You know what I mean? Let Joe, them off the leash. Joe might turn out to be the craziest out of all four of us, though. Too, you never know. You know, Chad's the craziest one. I'm telling you right now, Chad's the craziest guy. Joe's just the straightest guy with the most twisted mind, though. Like he's got the smart mind, and Chad, Chad's got the the reckless mind. And Mike and I are just ready to go along with whatever happens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, bring in the pigs. 
Now, Joe, this is <laughs> this has been something that you've wanted to do for quite some time. Be part of a vocal-oriented rock band. Yeah, since I was a kid. Somehow, you had this big career as an instrumental guy. By uh, accident. By accident. <laughs> um, Just kind of fell into it. Let's, let's say Chicken Foot is successful. What happens to the solo career? I'm sure it just, you know, when there's time for it, it it pops up and we have a great time with it. I, mean, I would think that everybody else wants to keep doing their own thing. I mean, you know, I can only say that from my own perspective, it's quite unique because I did fall into, as you well know, I fall yeah. into the instrumental thing just by accident and it was so much fun, it was so natural to do that I just went with it. Yeah, and, and it, it worked. I had this amazing career being able to play all that stuff on stage around the world. But this, in the last six, seven weeks, it's been pretty amazing to see an idea that we thought we'd be able to have a couple of days here for a week there for all of a sudden being in the studio and watching it come together. Yeah. And it would be like, wow, this is like I'm in a band and I'm in a band with these guys. What is the status of, now Chad's not here, but as far as you know, what is the status of him being this band when when oh, he, we, he's fired that's why he's not here oh okay <laughs> yeah next question um no but when he and i You'll be receiving an email <laughs> let me send it to him right now when when he and i spoke last fall he indicated that he had a uh, a year clear um you know to do this band i guess before the chili peppers were going to reconvene mm-hmm. i recently spoke with john frusciante uh, from the Peppers, and he basically said the Chili Peppers had no plans. In fact, he was quite. That's good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> we we have avoided so uh, probably the best karma that we've created for ourselves as Chickenfoot is that we have never put pressure on anyone to not do their thing. Like when we first tried to get together, Joe was out touring, and I, you know, I burned some candles and had some, you know, some mojo and stuff I tried to put on and, and, and his bass <laughs> yes. player got sick, but then he got well again, you know. That was and, him. <laughs> but seriously, we, we have not done that. We said, nope, it, when it's right, it's going to be right. If it's going to be right, it's going to be right. And then Chad came and told us recently that John kind of felt that way, that there weren't any plans. They had made a few things, but uh, seriously, the best thing about this band is that there is nobody has pressure, and we're just rolling the dice. It's almost like we're looking, you know, for the uh, the belief of the divine intervention here. If this thing's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And musically, it friggin' happened like a mother, man, like beyond anybody's expectations. Uh, we're hoping that it just keeps going like this. I mean, I can't see anyone wanting to go back and do what they were doing previously without going out and playing with this band. I know I don't. We have to. I know I don't. We have to. Well, well, Mike, Mike's different, though, you know. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I'm sure Chad would love to, Chili's are great, you know, one of my favorite bands, and and, but I can't see this band not getting to go out and play this music. We made way, way too serious of a record, you know, to just say, okay, that's a little project. A project really did become a band, and, and it was like Joe said, watching it happen was unbelievable. Yeah. Just sitting there going, what? Wow. This question is directed at Sammy and, and Michael, since obviously you were in Van Halen together. What is it about this band right now that feels different from Van Halen? Well, it feels like it did in the beginning for me. That's when what I, I, what I was Van insane Halen, for me. It feels just like, like this. Exciting. Everybody's bringing something to the table that makes it better than even what you thought. You know, I mean, everybody's got chops. We all know, you know, we can all hold our own in our in our arena. Joe, Joe's getting better. 
Joe, I'm telling you, Joe, would you hear all the yeah. plan on this record? Joe has gotten better if that was possible. <laughs> he just he's playing every damn style of the guitar to its on the highest level on this record. It's like ten records on one. But the thing is, is that Van Halen was like that. When I joined Van Halen, I thought, oh my God, Eddie's really great. You know, it's like I'm saying that about Joe. You know, it's like oh, I know Mike's great. I I know Chad's great, but I never saw him creative wise. You know, it's like well, wow, these guys are really great. It makes you want to be better. And you go home and you study. I'm going, man, I, I'm not going to bring these cheesy ass lyrics in there, man. I'm going, I call up Joe and I, Joe, what do you think? I'm going, ah, nah, never mind. I, you know, it's it's really. I mean, it made everybody. It made me dig down. How how do you guys feel that you've changed or adapted your individual styles to fit each other and fit this band like have you noticed a change in your playing in this band i didn't joe did you change yeah yeah i gotta say but joe had to take a couple steps back you know worrying like no joe didn't get all the whole damn thing they had to make some room for the singer now joe had to adapt to that i didn't have to I think if there was if there was any adapting it was it was naturally it wasn't like any kind of I mean for me I was so you know just jazz playing with with Joe and Chad never having played with those guys together that it just made me look at things and and start trying things different than what I've done but I think it was just like kind of a just okay I'm freezing up (laughs) I can tell I can tell you here's is my my view of it which is not so much adapting but how much to how much can you bring in right. It's because we didn't we didn't really have a lot of history together. We were just so excited because every time we got together, it was magic. And so I'd go home and I'd be thinking, man, I, w- I want to write all this kind of stuff. I wonder if they'll like it, right? And some of the songs, I mean, you go from uh, Get It Up to Sexy Little Thing. I mean, they're so completely different. Right. So, and, and I wrote, you know, three times that much material. I bring it in and... And I get comments from Sam like, I don't sing on songs like that. And Mike's <laughs> like, I don't know about that one, but that one's pretty cool, you know. But to be able to do like Sexy Little Thing, to me meant I could open up because that's the kind of thing I could never really do as an instrumental artist. But I'm playing that way at home, just dying to have a band right. that would jump all over it and make it a million times better than I ever thought I could do on my own. And that's, that's what would happen, as Mike said, we'd start to play. And he'd sing something, and it would be like that would be it, and it would wind up on the record, and everyone would contribute, and then you you realize, wow, I can, I can put a Chuck Berry part on, and I can do right. a Keith Richards part here, and I can do, I can sort of grow into these things, and that's so it, it's a it's been like a, it's it's like feeling myself sort of unfold a bit and put more into my guitar playing than I had before. I want to see how much you can embarrass Michael Anthony right now. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll take care of yeah, that. Hold hey, on. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's never been out <laughs> drinking with time? me. <laughs> no, no. It's, 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 not, it's not what you think at all. Can't I, I want you to <laughs> No, I want you to talk about what it's like to play with him as a bassist because, you know, what's funny is Michael doesn't win bass polls, you know, when people talk about the greatest bassist in the world, you know, his name does not come up, yet he has played alongside two of the greatest guitar players in the world. What is it about him as a bass player that really works with great guitar players? <laughs> he, he was stuck with me when he joined us. <laughs> <laughs> See, Mike came attached to me. <laughs> well, he's fucking great. There you go. That's about it. I mean, I can, I can wax. I can... I have... Great uh, stories that that are great in my mind because they're these little 
you know, private moments in, in the studio or, or uh, like when we're, we're recording or when I'm overdubbing and I'm just focusing on it and I'm going, you know, put up, you know, push up Mike's fader, let me hear exactly what he's doing there. And you go, wow, listen to that, mm-hmm. you know. And then you get to play off of it and it's like jumping on the biggest wave. You're at Mavericks and you're riding the big wave and there he is, he's plowing through the tune. Right. He's got all this great stuff. He's always, you know, and, and we didn't really talk about these things. They'd get, I'd email him a demo or, you know, or part of a song. We'd write, you know, as Sam said, in the studio. And then we'd record what we just wrote. So everyone was sort of doing their thing. Everyone was getting a little bit of theirs, right? Yeah. Every song. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as we went home and we'd start listening to what we'd recorded, we'd start noticing what the other guy did. And you'd be like, wow, listen to that. Look what I get to work with. First of all, the reason Mike doesn't get as much credibility because he played with Eddie Van Halen for so long. Eddie got all the, you know, a bass player is never going to get any credibility playing with a great guitar player. Even Jack Bruce, for God's sakes, didn't get much credibility compared to Eric, you know, because the guitar player is always right, going to be right. you know, a more interesting instrument yeah. than a bass to most people. <clears throat> but Mike is the fastest learner, and guys like Eddie and Joe that can play these tricky things and these crazy lines where you got to, you know, that I can't even hardly play on guitar. And I'd sit and say, Mike learns them like that. Show them to him once, it's done. Joe's not in there going, no, no, it goes like this. No, no, it goes like this. No, you just say, here, here's, here's the sign. Da, 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 da. And Mike goes, da, 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 da. okay, next. You know, boom. The fastest learning sucker on the planet, this guy right here. That's, that's his forte. He can play with anybody. He can play with jazz guys, anybody, because he can learn that shit so fast that he doesn't hold up the game. What I noticed was there was uh, more of a elasticity in your parts. <laughs> On, on this record than in past Van Halen albums. And, well, I think for, for me it was just basically the fact of playing with Joe and playing with Chad. Right. Because you know, Chad, first and foremost, my thing, when I think about it, like when Joe goes off, does a solo, whatever, is I want to lock in with Chad and build a nice, big, you know, rhythmic foundation so that, you know, I try to fill all the holes so that Joe can go off and just do whatever he wants right, to right. do. But just, you know, just, just between the two of them, you know, it, it altered the way that I, I played a lot of stuff that I looked at the way, the way I uh, played a lot of it. Specifically, how did you <coughs> approach playing with Chad, though? I mean... For- I liked the funk. Yeah. You know, and I, and I locked in with Chad on a lot of that stuff, you know. And actually, Chad and I, more than, you know, even like Joe said, that we would talk about it. Chad and I would be talking all the time, going, yeah, well, why don't we try, you know, we'll do this hit there. And I go, yeah, Chad, you're doing this little bump, bump, bump type thing there. I'm going to do this here, and, you know, or I'm going to do this with you right there. And... Uh, you know, to me, that's really important to lock in like that rhythmically. You know, with, with Chad, like you said, he's a funk drummer, but man, when he, he some of that element, I mean, he's a closet rock guy. So I mean, he, he was he, playing <laughs> funk in the band he was in. It's the kind of band they were. You got a guy yeah, like yeah. Flea who pro- probably had a lot of to do with a lot of those songs, styles, and and Chad's he's from Detroit for God's sakes. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's, and and he's he's really could play the hell out of funk. But he's really a rocker. Oh, yeah. Every time Chad came to Cabo and we'd jump up on stage, my band, my bass player, Mona, would be like, uh, hey, let's do some James Brown. Chad's up here, right? And Chad would go, fuck you, I want to rock. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd end up playing Led Zeppelin instead of exactly. James Brown, you know? So, I mean, he, he's really a closet rocker, and he plays harder and, and stuff than any drummer I've ever played. He he's destroys so the drums. Yeah. But, he just, so but he just doesn't play hard. I yeah. mean, he's got a finesse no, he's about what he does. Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's blew, it blows me away every time I play with him. Sammy, I want to ask you about writing. What were some of the things that you wanted to address 
lyrically in this band that maybe you feel you <clears throat> listen <had> in the past? <laughs> I'm so <clears throat> running out is, is more about my lyrics I've been writing lyrics for every band I've ever been in you know it's, I'm always a lyricist you know and it's the hardest thing in the world to find stuff I called Joe the other night with a little heat on I started talking to him about it. I went out and did this whole venture thing out into the city with my family I said, the other week because we've been working so hard I haven't done anything like this and I saw all these weird characters on a Sunday San Francisco's got a lot of characters well every city does but I, and I, I told Joe I said man I'm just sitting here going man I could write five more songs right now because I'm you know I'm so I've churned it all up you know I'm not educated you know I don't have a degree in literature or in poetry or any of that kind of stuff and I came up with the whole thing just the other day exactly I'm glad you asked this question because I write lyrics about real life experiences. Mm -hmm. And if I lock myself in a room somewhere, I will dry up. I, I always need to go out and get in the world. I need to go to bars and get in fist fights, whatever it takes, you know. I need to, you know. You don't really get into fist fights. Well, if I had to. No. Well, yeah, well, they, might, to. They, might, they might slap each other around. Hey, if, if Chad pisses me off, no, Chad's too big. I'll pick on Joe. Too. But, but it's funny, I, I, I write more about that my real life experiences and this album is full of them. It's I think it's the best lyrics and it's the only reason why I can still write lyrics at this stage of the game after writing as many songs as I've written is partly because the music Joe brings is very inspiring <coughs> and the second thing is because I've learned that as long as I keep having life experiences I can write lyrics I'm, I'm not going to burn out to right, me, right. that's because that's what I write about, right? Yeah. So you meet a new guy, you meet a new girl, you get a new dog, you go for a walk, you see something you write about it. And my kind of girl, about a single mom, I have a 12-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old daughter, and they're in school. Half their kid, their friends, their moms bring them up, or their dads bring them up because they got them for the weekend because everybody's single. I'm thinking, man, these single moms out there. And I called Joe. I said, hey, this song's going to be about a single mom. You know, I said, my kind of girl, well, who is that? Well, I feel sorry for single moms. It's a tough damn gig, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, I, I nailed it for them. So that's for all the single moms in the world. Let's talk about the songs on the record. And first off, you got to help me out with this title. Was it Avenida Revolution? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Revo Is it Revolucion? It's going to be Revolucion, right? Okay. I mean, that's a, that's the correct pronunciation. Yeah. I think in the song, Sam does say, Avenida Revolution. But it's Revolucion. I mean, the... Revolucion, the, the, yeah. the it sounds too French to me, though. You know, for a Mexican word, that's the only Mexican word that sounds French. Yeah. Revolucion. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what are you doing in the beginning of that song, guitar-wise? Because that's like... Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. It's yeah. a trick. It's yeah. Yeah. rolling and tumbling. He said he can teach me how to do it. That's what he tried to All right, to well, well, why don't you tell us? Really? Am I supposed to reveal it? <laughs> yes. Before the album comes out, yeah. revealing a trick. Joe, 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 Joe. And let all the... Joe, you'll have to stand in line, buy a ticket, and come to the <laughs> show. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll probably Joe's turn, turn my back to back. the guitar player. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, heard, I heard about guitar players who do that. Yeah, I learned that from Eddie. He was a smart man. Well, yeah. <laughs> Eddie turned his back because he didn't want you to see what he was playing because he didn't know what he was playing. No, oops, but it's just oops, a little trick with a, with a guitar pick. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. So, but that was well. That's being specific. Um, yeah, I think you know that was one of their earlier songs, and that came from that guitar performance is actually from my house. Okay, and it was a demo. Uh, that I recorded uh, again like you know I was writing a whole bunch of different kinds of songs I'm thinking you know which one is Sam gonna like which one's Mike gonna like which one's Chad's gonna like you know so I would just go totally into it a hundred percent and so there was a song that had the weirdest ass riff and I thought I bet no one could ever sing over that and of course he came up with 
Well, really it's really so. limited, though. Yeah. But it's just so limited, but it's cool. I mean, it's like, you know. Yeah. It's a weird, you know, built off the flat five there. But it was, I think I called it like fire into the fire, going yeah, yeah. for the fire, something like that. I didn't know what it, it was. just thinking imagery. And so I wanted something that sounded like it was bubbling up like flames, you know. Sammy, you know, other songs too, but lyrically, this is amongst one of your weightier songs. Do you sometimes feel hampered by your image? People think of you as a, you know, good time guy. I am. Cabo. I am. Can't drive 55. <laughs> I can't. I know. But, but, no, you, I know. but, but, I don't know, feel hampered but, by anything. I, I, I know what you're trying to get yeah. at probably, but I really don't. I, I choose to sing and, and, and write about what I want to, you know, and I've always had that freedom in bands because like I say, no one wants to write lyrics usually, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm saying, okay, if I'm going to write the lyrics and I'm going to sing them, I'm going to write about what I want to write about. Now, when I heard, I normally wouldn't have picked on that subject, but when I heard that music, I swear I like see people running through ditches and like crawling and fucking across barbed wire fences and shit. I mean, I saw it. It was so visual that, and you know, and because I drive to uh, Cabo, that's one of my funner things when I have three or four days in my life, you know, mm -hmm. where I don't have nothing to do. I'll get, you know, we'll drive down to Cabo. And that Avenida Revolution, that, that street, is amazing when you drive down it for miles and it's nothing but crosses and flowers and paintings and stuff where people have died trying to, you know, cross that street and get run over by cars and and what okay there you go what do they have when you're driving down the street you see it's reading the questions it doesn't say friggin <laughs> it doesn't say friggin uh, cattle crossing or it doesn't say you know uh, whatever crossing it's got women and children, children. you know yeah. holding their yeah. hands crossing the street and watch out for this and people it's fucking look at man I'm all it, it was so devastating that when I heard that music and I saw immediately I saw that street and and I thank God I called my Mexican partner this is such great karma and he, I said Marco, what's the name of that street? And he said, Avenida Revolution. I said, there's a fucking title if I ever heard one in my life. It was just such good karma. And that song wrote itself. That, you know, that was, it's verbatim. The song, uh, Sexy Little Thing. This is, this is for Joe. Stop looking okay. at your Blackberry. It's interesting. Michael and Sammy, you know, have been in bands that have obviously dealt with songs of very sexual nature. But your image is a little bit more squeaky clean. <laughs> so, come on, we're going to take care of that. Yes, yes, you were saying. Is he will learn about the real Joe Satriani. You know, is it, is it, is it funny or, or strange to be playing some songs that are overtly sexual? No, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, I, when I wrote that song, and I showed it to Sam, I said it was called "Sexy Look, Sexy Girl" or "Your Sexy Little Thing." Okay. Yeah. She's a sexy little thing. But I was sort of like, I knew that's what the song was about. I wouldn't have a clue as how to make a song out of that title. Uh -huh. But that's what I did with all the demos. I put a little thing on there, and I say that's what it's about. So basically, you can get all your perverse, you know, impulses out in this band now. Right? That you can hold <laughs> well, the doors wide you. open now. I don't know what it's talking about. We open the door for you. I got to tell you. There's about five. I, I, well, as we go through, I'll remember which ones are. This one was a song where Joe had, a, a, you know, a title in his head where, like, and like E Stomp was. Uh, oh yeah, so E Stomp didn't ever get in that thing. But most of the songs when Joe said have this piece of music, he had a title. It yeah. was instrumentals, and the title 
it totally made sense to me when I heard the music. Sexy little thing. That's fucking. That's some raw, down and dirty. You know, get to pop the buttons off your jeans. <laughs> And, and it was like, and he said, I, I hear it like go, a bunch of guys in the background singing something about, oh, you know, you sexy baby or something like that. And I thought, yeah, I hear that shit too, you know. And it was just, there wasn't one song, I don't think, that we even, even, uh, um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, running out. Yeah. Even running out. I, Joe had a first title, you know that I want it. That's yeah. what he was saying. And I even got that line in the damn song. You know, because it, it really fit. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's interesting. I think musically, Joe as an instrumentalist, I think he thinks in words. When he plays guitar solos, I can hear him. He's yeah. singing. Yeah, He's yeah. singing and talking. The song called Turning Left, that's a pretty gnarly riff. It is, yeah. Um, it's gnarly, all right. <laughs> I mean, did, did you have a collection of some riffs from Joe Satriani albums that didn't make them and, no. uh, that you used on this record? Yeah, the only song I had that was prior to Sam calling me up a year ago was Learning to Fall, but it was called something else. Mm -hmm. But I had written that for him for the band Planet Us. Okay. When he called me, whatever that, five years ago? Something like that? Yeah, it's been about yeah, five years. Something like that. So, But it was called something else, and I played it. For Sam, I even showed you lyrics. Yeah, he had written and lyrics. And he was very kind, i got to say, because they were, you know, it was pretty <laughs> embarrassing stuff. But he, he you know, he, oh, that's very, that's very nice, yes, that's very nice, Joe, thank you. But, of course, then he came back with learning. No, not the first time. No, I didn't. Remember, I came back with... Um, what was it called? The first um, time? A morning, or... Um, Oh, what was it? It was really, it was really good. Oh, Mr. Sunshine. Oh, Mr. Sunshine. Mr. Sunshine. Yeah, right. Mr. or Mrs. Sunshine. My 12-year-old daughter's going, Daddy, you can't say Mr. Sunshine. That's not going to sound good. I'm going, you know, like, <laughs> you know, because I was talking about a relationship. It, it was a bad idea, and I sang a whole different style and everything. I struggled with that. If you want to get into that song, I struggled harder on that song than any song in the album. In what way? That I, I couldn't find it. I liked it. I loved the music, you know. And I couldn't find the melody. I couldn't find the lyric. And oh man, I must have wrote five or six different Mr. and Mrs. Sunshine. <laughs> and then I wanted to call it Hello. That's Remember right. That was in the band name kind of evolved that. And we thought about calling the band Hello and things like that. But it was it was rough for me because we that was one of the first things Joe and I did together. And I didn't finish that until almost the end. It was one of the last of that group of songs before we started writing new ones in the studio. It was the last of that group of songs. And then I finally, I was so frustrated and my voice was blowing out. I said, fuck it, I'm just gonna sing like a soul singer. Remember when I just yeah. started mm -hmm. I was scatting some old, whole new thing and then, mm -hmm. it, then it, we found it finally. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's you know one of my favorite songs in the record, but that I struggled with. And it wasn't because it chose lyrics that he gave me to begin with. It just said I had a melody and a, and, a, and a lyric in my head that was way too wimpy for this band. It was way too sweethearty, you know, it was a real spongy, you know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, kind of, <laughs> I don't want to mention any other bands, but, but Chad said, there ain't gonna be no in this band. <laughs> we all laughed about it. He mentioned another band's name. We're not gonna have any of those kind of songs in this band, are we? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> the song My Kind of Girl sounds like a single to me. Um, you don't think so? Yeah. Oh, Joe, Joe is trying to, was trying to make me go back and, and write a different chorus because he thought it sounded too commercial, like it was too much. I'm go, Joe, there's no such thing. See, you know, because, you know, I have, yeah, you I have succeeded at obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I no hits here. You will no hits. 
But it's what he's got to understand is my obscure stuff never got heard the light of day. The only thing I ever made it with were hits. So because no. you want because you want to be a cult band, really, right? That's, you know? That song is seriously really a great lyric, and that chorus I think is the best chorus melody I think I've ever been involved in writing with. And and I told you I said you're crazy. And that song is user friendly, man. You get in a fucking convertible. See, I got a four or five convertible, so. I'm cheating, you know, I'm putting it in a convertible and driving down the road going, man, wait till the world hears this shit in the summer. There's just something about a song like that. Yeah, you got, you got, you got, I'm in love with You it. got that lyric and then when the chorus kicks in, I mean, I'm everybody wants to sing it. And there's Mike and I singing those choruses. That is just Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar singing together on that chorus. Then it cries with Stills and Nash, man. You know, I mean, it sounds as good as vocal bands, right? I went to Cabo and I called her, Joe from down there, I said, nail this fucker. <laughs> I, I knew that lyric. I said, man, I got it. I found that. It's about a single mom, and that's it, man. This thing is done, in the bed. But there was an interesting w way that song took this sort of, this, this little journey, whereas mm -hmm. when I wrote it, uh, I was thinking like, oh, this might be too heavy metal. Mm. Uh, but I thought, you know, I, by then I'd learned, show it, no matter what. You know, they may hate it, or they may like it, or someone in the band may stand up and say, that would be great if you would just, you know, yeah. turn it like that. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we start playing it, and I'm plugged into the the, uh, the PV50 watt, you know, and uh, so it's more of a traditional sound. And I start playing, it and Chad's listening to it, and he's, and they're all like, "No, we can do something with that. We can." Do, and but what they did to it gave me a whole different thing, you mm -hmm. know, message. It wasn't what I intended, where I thought the song would go. It, it took on this other thing musically and right. then we were able to write the rest of it there we had to come up with the solo mm -hmm. sections right. and, and then we had to come up with an arrangement and uh, what, one of the things that uh, is cool about Chad is that he, he's sort of like he, he gets upset if there are stylistic things that are bugging him and he'll stand up right away and say, well, we're not going to do anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the chillies, man. He don't fuck around. Yeah. Yeah. we got to make sure it's just, you know, let's, you know. And so, you know, then we'd be sitting there talking and playing, and we'd be like, more like this, and, you know, not like that band, or more like this dude, or something like that, or, you know, I've got this influence, and it would be cool, let's do that. And all of a sudden, the song developed this character to it. And, and so it was a song that... You know, started here, but sort of blossomed with everyone playing on it, and then and his story about the the lyric journey and all that. Yeah, yeah. It fits right in. It softened it up, you know. In, in a way, this song was heavy, man. When I was saying, yeah. "Go fuck, man," this is it was really like trucking, you know. It was just really a straight ahead rocker. And I don't know where you know where that melody came up with. I don't have the control of that shit, you know. That I listen to the music that Joe brings, and I just start singing what I'm hearing and mm -hmm. feeling to it. And I, I felt with it. I love the verses, you know, kind of ACDC or something like that. Yeah, this is cool. But then that chorus came and I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't stop singing. I said, no, this is good. Then I'd fight with no, it. It's, uh, it's not uh, too commercial. It's, it's <laughs> right, right, right in the ballpark. It'll be the third yeah. single. The song, uh, Get It Up, you know, it's funny. You see that title and immediately your mind, at least my mind, goes one place. But you see too many Viagra commercials, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Shame on you, Joe. Can you believe that Viva Viagra commercial, by the way? You mean the band? They got the band? Or they got, they, yeah, they got they're, a, they're in the, they're in the garage playing. They're yeah, singing the yeah, praise yeah, of Viagra. Well, I can't wait to get home. You know? Men have lost touch with their animal instincts because <laughs> women have trained us now to behave ourselves. And so, therefore, m men are starting to lose some of their instincts, their natural instincts, which, you know, you go up and you smell it and you lick it, you know, and, you, and then you, you jump on it. You know what I mean? It's like you can't be, and, and that's animal. We're animals. 
and we're, we become so that men have to take Viagra. Man, I, I just tell, I'm telling you, man, there's a lot better secrets than Viagra, man. Just, you know, put a mirror up and get the old lady doing some funny stuff. <laughs> and man, shit, if you can't get it up, then you, should, you shouldn't be in there with her. Yeah, <laughs> then you might, then you might bring, as well just form a band. Bring in the troops. <laughs> bring in the troops at that stage. <laughs> no, well, okay. Sorry about all that. No, no, <laughs> that's just a whole philosophy I have. Get in touch with your animal instincts, folks. But... <laughs> the thing is, you see that title and you think, like, okay, it, it's about this, but you're you're definitely talking about some weightier uh, subject matter in the in that. Song. And, you know, honestly, I don't even know quite what I'm saying in this one. This is one where I'm I'm not. It's not my favorite lyric on the record, but it's got good vibey stuff. I just am a positive guy, and I told Joe the second here we go again. I heard when he played, da, 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 I just saw people, a hundred thousand people in the festival jumping up and down, and I'm yelling. Get it up, you fuckers! You know, making the people come on, get positive, get up. You know, you know, take care of it, do it. You know, don't. It's like the right now consciousness. You don't right, do it now. Right. Let's go, get it up. Don't be. And then the verses are about being depressed. You know, yeah. get the fuck, and then just yell, get it up, Ariba. You know, jump, come on. You know, get it on. And I could see it really being a strong festival kind of song. But uh, but lyric, I, I don't know really what I'm saying other than come on. You know, don't fucking waller in the mud. You know, get it up. Let me last ask about the song uh, Learning to Fall, which we just heard today, uh, mm-hmm. several mixes of. Joe, you were telling me that this song has had quite a journey. Oof. Yeah. It started out, for some reason, when Sam called, and, and Sam, actually, you and Neil dropped by the studio, and you guys came over with a case of tequila, and you're like, come on, Joe, let's go. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'll make it right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I, I, obviously, I, I was excited, and I was thinking, where do you start? You know, because Neil is a powerhouse great writer mm-hmm. amazing player played with him a million times and I'm thinking what I know kind of like maybe where they've been going but what what's the one thing that I I guess I haven't experienced Sam doing you know when I've been to a, a concert you know and for some reason I thought I wonder if he's ever just played you know walked out with an acoustic guitar and looked at one person and sang something mm-hmm. you know like he was talking to somebody it wasn't registering in my head. So I wrote this song, and I think it was called uh, uh, Open Your Heart to Love or something like that. It was kind of clumsy, but it was just yeah. another one of those things. I was just trying to crystallize a, a feeling. and uh, But it was pretty much the verses and the choruses. And I don't think at the time it, there was that bridge yet. I think that came I after remember. I showed it to you. So years it's later... It's so... I mean, it's come so many different... Yeah. <laughs> so then years later we meet up, and I play it to him and to see if he'd be into something like that. And he had... And he, went off on his tangent and started mm-hmm. going. So I was waiting to find out where he wanted to go with it and then see if I could write a bridge around it. Right. And then see what would we do for a solo. I wasn't sure for that either. So okay. then we, we get that thing going and then we, we had great moments as a band just playing it, even though it was troubled. It was like a song that had all this promise. We all knew it was beautiful, but we were troubled with the fact that, well, what's Sam really going to sing? What does he really want to sing about? And then I know from a guitar point of view, I thought, I don't want this to be a, a power ballad. And, right. I, and so I was afraid of certain avenues that were so easy to, to you, go You were down. worried about it being too pretty. And too, too 80s, heavy, 80s power too ballad. Pretty, too, you know, I mean, there were so many ways to do it. And then I overwhelmed these guys with all the possible. That's true. Yeah. There was a Pink Floyd version, a Peter early Peter Gabriel version. There was a, a you know like a Nickel Creek kind of version, <laughs> <laughs> and and then there was a you know a, a Journey Sticks you know REO version, 
and and it was so weird. And then we then we kind of settled on well, let's do like an R and B and Otis Redding version, you know, try a little tenderness kind of vibe or something. I even tried, you know, saying let's put that one organ note in there and. And um, in the end, we just kind of went back to how the song really felt right. It just yeah. says, how, how does, okay, let's just play, fuck this 80s, fuck 90s, fuck soul, rock, blues, sing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but that, was, that, was one of, that was one of the songs also when we, we recorded the original demo. The it should be played. We recorded the original demo. It had such a feeling to it. Right. Such always a, had such a, a vibe. Feeling. Such always a vibe a that vibe. we would always, you know, no matter what, you know, Joe would introduce us in or play us, you know, these different different ways, different ways he was thinking about it. We'd go back and we'd listen to that original demo again. Yeah, of us just and, playing it live and, in the studio and stuff. Well, yeah. Well, we're hey, Joe wrote he Joe wrote five songs out of that song, man. I mean, he could, <laughs> we could go back and honestly, I think that the the one that had the 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 funk the uh, uh, the mandolin and banjo and all that shit in, and it had all this electro. Peter Gabriel kind of stuff going on. Honestly, God, if you heard that without the singing, you would never even think it was the same song. We could take that wow. song that he did <laughs> and we could go in and I'd write a whole new melody and lyric and it would be a whole brand new song, right? Yeah. If we wanted. Yeah. Let me ask one final question. Does it feel strange in a way to form this band when you're not in your 20s? Do you feel like you, you know everything you've been doing, as you said, has led up to this? I think it feels so right. I, I, I mean, I admit, if it wasn't for this band, I would probably be, you know, not retiring, but I mean, I'd be slowing way down. You know, I mean, I have no reason, nothing to prove. I'm not looking for fame or fortune anymore. You know, it's like not my motivation. But all of a sudden, I want all that again in this band. You know, I want all that feeling of having a great band and being on top of the world. And I think we can do it. I mean, I don't think age got nothing to do with it. You know, this, you don't even look at us like the Stones or any of the bands that are out there for it because those are bands that have been together all their right, years. Right. So yeah. they're kind of like, you know, just playing mostly old material. They don't write that many new things. We're like a brand new band. It's just so we happen to be older. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. God, it's like Clint Eastwood in, in his new movie. It's, I feel this band, everything. I feel like him in this movie. I feel like, okay, all those Dirty Harry moves where he said, you know, you're going to, you know, all those one-liners he used, they were all just rehearsals for, you know, Grand Torino, yeah, yeah. where he brought them home like a month. Well, he got one of them kids down on the ground and said, you punk. I'm going, whoa, man, Clint means this yeah. shit now. You know what I mean? That's the way I feel about the way I'm singing. I think it, I mean it now. Yeah. I was trying to be a rock star my whole life. I was trying to write hit records, and I was trying to be the greatest band in the world. I was trying to do everything that I think I'm doing now. I'm doing it now. It's different. It's it's really, it, like I said, it's all, all kind of been rehearsal. And I'm not dogging no band I've ever been in. Montrose one of the greatest bands of its time. My band Halen's certainly one of the greatest bands of its time. And I love some of my soul stuff. And But this is so much more important to me than all that, i got to tell you. Yeah, we're, really we're, we're, we're doing this We're doing this for the love of doing yeah. it. For the love of, you know, friends. Whole different playing. level. We have nothing to prove. I mean, so maybe you know. we shouldn't put our picture on the album, huh? And people say, "Well, look at these young guys up there <laughs> with a <the> black singer." <laughs> is, 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 is there going to be a title uh, for the album or yeah, Chicken Foot? Okay. So, oh, saving the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much for spending some time with me. It's been a pleasure. Joe, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You know that, Jojo. Hey. Thanks for spending as much time with us. Well. Yeah. Thank you. This is Joe Basso for Music Radar, the place for music makers. I've been here with three-fourths of Chicken Foot, and uh, thanks again, guys. Ha!